Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truths of perfecting your faith by fiery trials. Peter puts it this way in 1 Peter 4, 12 through 14. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning fire trials which are to try you. You will have to take that test. And if you're a true Christian, a faithful Christian, you have been taking that test in our society because there is such disdain for Christians in America today. We're to commit ourselves to him as a faithful creator. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. This promise from Isaiah 43.2 was realized in a big way for the three companions of Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, also known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when their faithfulness to God was rewarded with an invitation into the fiery furnace. Pastor Xavier has the sizzling details in the continuation of our Simple Truth Study series of the book of Daniel. Let's listen. Daniel chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 8 through 30 and the message entitled, Faithful in the Face of Death. The casting of the three Hebrew children into this fire furnace unfolds for some three movements. First, we have the defiance towards the image in verse 8 to 18. The accusation regarding the disloyalty of the three friends of Daniel is given to us. In 8, the charges came from those wise men of Babylon. Don't miss that. Therefore, at that time, the Chaldeans came forward and accused, listen, the Jews. There's a certain emphasis on that. They were most likely envious and jealous of the three Hebrew young men over the prominent position that had come to them. As you know, at the end of um, chapter 1, they they were found to be um, uh, 10 times better, I believe, than all the astrologers, magicians, and all that. And uh, certainly, that didn't go well with these guys because they're foreigners. The three had been promoted over the affairs of the province at the end, chapter 2, verse 49. And so these guys are very jealous, very envious. In 9 through 11, the Chaldeans presented themselves before Nebuchadnezzar then. They presented their case regarding the edict, declaring that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and the psaltery, and the symphony of all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. The speech is filled with disdain for the foreigners. Listen carefully. There are certain Jews who you have set up over the affairs of the province of Babylon. The specific names are given. They knew them well. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They were being disloyal to the king. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you, to the king. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. The pride of Nebuchadnezzar reared its ugly head unable to tolerate anyone to disobey. And cantankerous king ordered the disloyal subjects to be brought to him. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning 
fiery furnace. And who is able? Who is the God who will deliver you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. This is not negotiable, they said. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Ooh. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor do we worship the golden image which you have set up. The three were very aware that God might not rescue them by the words, but if not. In effect, they were saying, if we bow, we will burn. If we don't bow, we cannot burn. I like that philosophy. The three could not and would not serve and worship the idol of gold set up by Nebuchadnezzar. The defiance towards the image was a declaration of faithfulness to God. Notice secondly, 19 through 25, the decree of death into the fiery image now. The three witnesses, they witness the visible change in the king as his face contorts. He throws a tandem fit. <laughs> heat up the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in the army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the three were tied up in their full dress. Usually they were stripped naked. These men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, the other garments, and they were cast in the midst of the fire furnace. These seasoned warriors gave swift obedience to the order. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In other words, his decree was so urgent, he didn't even want them stripped. Tie those suckers up the way they are. And these guys did it, and they paid a price. They took them up to the top. There's an opening on the top to drop these guys down, but the intense heat of the fire consumed the executioners. In 23, the three tumbled into the fire. Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego, they fell bound in the midst of the fire furnace. Now notice in 24 and 25, the shocking reaction of Nebuchadnezzar was as he looked into the fire, being amazed. The king could not believe his eyes. Then the king of Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. Something in the fire disturbed him, even as the image of his dream had troubled him. He could not believe his eyes. And he arose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, did, did, did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? They said, say what? <laughs> there should have been only three in the fire. The king knew he had a problem. The king had to have reflected on the words of these young Hebrews when they spoke to him. When they said, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king, in verse 17. The king saw four men not bound. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they were not hurt. This wasn't usual. <laughs> the king saw the fourth as a divine being. And the fourth, like the Son of God. In the form of the Son of God. Now, 
The Aramaic literally says, a son of the gods, small g. This is a bad translation. Nebuchadnezzar is not a believer at this point, nor does he understand anything about the Trinity. <laughs> you and I understand that it is Jesus Christ in the furnace, a Christophany, an appearance of Jesus prior to the incarnation. We see this throughout the Old Testament, okay? But Nebuchadnezzar, no, but he knows it's something divine. <laughs> In 1915, 600,000 Jews were forcibly moved from the western borders of Russia towards the interior. About 100,000 died of exposure or starvation. In 1917, in the Civil War, followed the Bolshevik Revolution. In 1917, the reactionary white armies made extensive use of protocols to incite widespread slaughters of Jews. 200,000 Jews were murdered in the Ukraine alone. The world doesn't want to talk about the persecution of the Jew. In fact, uh, Ahmadinejad says the Holocaust never happened. <laughs> but what's more shocking is some Americans believe that. Most of them in the universities. Amazing. Shocking. The scriptures are clear about the hatred of the Jew in the end times. Zechariah 12.3 says, God speaking, And it shall happen in the day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. That particular day. All who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces. Though all nations of the earth are gathered against it. That's exactly the way it is right now. Joel 3.2 says, I will also gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will enter into judgment with them there on account of my people, my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations. Here's the clincher. Listen carefully. They have also divided up my land. The last 50 years, American presidents have done their best to divide the land of Israel. They're fighting against God. It's his land. It's his people. The end of the first three and a half years is marked by some events that cannot be mistaken. The two witnesses, Elijah and Enoch, prophesy for three and a half years for 1,260 days. And then the Antichrist kills them. They lay in the streets of Jerusalem for three and a half days. The whole world celebrates. And the Spirit of God goes into them and they ascend up to heaven and they hear God's judgment coming. Revelation 11, 3 through 14. The 144,000 Jews will preach the gospel also, and then they will be redeemed from the earth, much like the church in Revelation 7, 1 through 8, and Revelation 14, 3 through 4. The Antichrist will then persecute the remnant of Israel at the middle mark, once the image of the beast is set in the temple, and they realize that he's not their Messiah. But in fact, He's anti-Messiah. This fulfills the words of both Daniel and Jesus Christ. Daniel 11.31 and, and Jesus in Matthew 24.15. When you see the abomination spoken by Daniel the prophet, flee to the wilderness. That is the dividing mark. You can't miss it. Jesus then said in, in Matthew 24.16, Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. He's talking to Israel. 
Satan is cast down to the earth. He's called the dragon. He will persecute the woman that gave birth to Messiah, the child. And she will flee to her place prepared in the wilderness, the city of Petra or Sila in Jordan, Isaiah 16, verse 1. And God will miraculously defend and protect her as she flees. The Antichrist army will go after her. The earth will open over her mouth and swallow them. Revelation 12, 14 through 17. I would not worry about Israel if I was you. Israel's going to be fine until Antichrist come. I would worry about the United States between now and the rapture of the church. Israel will be fine. <laughs> no one's going to touch her. It's when the Antichrist comes and the church is removed. Satan has given 42 months to speak blasphemous things. Revelation 13.5, given authority from heaven. It's called Jacob's trouble. In Jeremiah 30, verse 7. Alas, that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. Daniel tells us that Michael will rise up in that day and def be the defender of Israel when we get to chapter 12, verse 1. Jesus said, he wept over Jerusalem, and he said, you shall not see me henceforth. You say, blessed he comes in the name of the Lord. He pronounced judgment over Israel. Titus destroyed the temple in 70 AD. Devil, Jews were scattered. No homeland for 2,000 years until 1948 when she declared independence for the third time. Explain to me how there's even a Jew alive after 2,000 years without a homeland, how they maintain their language, their religion. The decree of death into the fire, the fiery image, was a demonstration of trust in God. I notice thirdly, 26 to 30, the deliverance from the fiery image. In 26 and 27, the three friends of Daniel were commended from heaven's perspective. The king still thinks he's in control, and he orders the young man to come out of the furnace. Nebuchadnezzar comes near the mouth of the burning fire. The furnace is full of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God. Come out and come here. <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they come out in the midst of fire. Okay. Do you know how shocking this had to have been. Notice he acknowledged that the God of the Jews was supreme to his gods, the Most High God. In 27, the young men were thoroughly examined then by all the witnesses. They were untouched by the fire. The satraps, administrators, governors, the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men on whom the body of fire had no power. They do not bear any evidence of ever being in the fire. Their hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. So they're sniffing them, touching them, freaking out. Now, you know what fire does to hair if it's even too close. <laughs> like a crispy critter, man. Gone. Listen to Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. But now, thus saith the Lord Yahweh, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. They came out of Egypt. They went through many things. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. Wow. In 28 through 30, the God of the three friends of Daniel was exalted by Nebuchadnezzar for delivering them from the fire. 
In 28, the acknowledgement of Nebuchadnezzar is not conversion. Don't mistake in it. He gave recognition to the God of the Jews. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Much like the first time in chapter 2, verse 47. The king answered, Daniel, and said, Truly your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and the revealer of secrets, since you could reveal the secret. So he just added them to the collection of his other gods. He's polytheistic. He gave recognition to the fourth person in the fiery furnace as an angel of their God to rescue them, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. The angel of the Lord, again, is a title for Jesus Christ throughout the Old Testament when he appears prior to the incarnation of the New Testament. And he gave recognition and respect notice to the three young Jews who refused to bow to the idol or the order of the king and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. In 29, the command of Nebuchadnezzar was a prohibition of defaming the god of the three young men. The decree was for all of his kingdom, like the previous edict. Therefore I make a decree that any people, nation, language, which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So the same authority for all now in view of these three and the God of these three. Notice the commendation of the three by Nebuchadnezzar was a rebuke to the accusers next, the Chaldeans. The three had been placed over the affairs of the province of Babylon after Daniel interpreted the dream we've noted in chapter 2, verse 49. The three now were advanced in their administrative importance Personally, by Nebuchadnezzar, the king promoted Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. This was the hand of God, who was and is in control of the activities of men, while not being responsible for the evil they do, nor forcing them to obey. Now, that's a difficult thing for us to understand, but don't worry about it. You're not God. It's no problem for him. 1948, the 2013, the Jews as well as the nation of Israel, have become the hatred of the world. Repeated attacks. From the very hour after their independence of 48, England, ending the British mandate, had already made agreement with the Arab nations to equip them with rifles and armament to attack Israel. England. And Israel has been attacked ever since from people of the world. They are threatened to be annihilated, to be pushed into the ocean. Abinadinejad says, Iran. And the world is doing nothing about it. The responsibility of the believer is like that of the three young Jews to be faithful, obedient, and trusting God. You will have to take that test. And if you're a true Christian, a faithful Christian, you have been taking that test in our society because... There is such disdain for Christians in America today. Paul put it this way, 2 Timothy 3, 12. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Jesus promised that. Peter puts it this way in 1 Peter 4, 12 through 14. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning fire trials which are to try you as though some strange thing had happened to you, but rejoice in the extent that you are partaker of Christ's suffering, and when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, 
Blessed are you for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. Fiery trials will only free us from the things that bind us to be able to walk with God. They were thrown into the furnace bound. When they came out, there was no bindings on them. They were walking free. Isaiah 48.10, Malachi 3.3. He has purchased out of the refining fire. Peter reminds them in 1 Peter 4.19, listen carefully. Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit themselves to him who is doing good as to the faithful creator. The will of God, suffering sometimes, yes. We're to commit ourselves to him as a faithful creator. The historical attitude of those who do not know God towards the people of God, be they Jew or Christian, is clear. It is one of intolerance, disdain, persecution, and ultimate martyrdom. Pharaoh, the Philistines, Assyria, Babylon, Herod, Saul, later to be Paul, Nero, Hitler killed three million Christians. It's never talked about. Not only six million Jews, three million Christians. Stalin, about 11 million. Mao, from 40 to 80 million Christian and non-Christian in the Cultural Revolution. All Islamic nations do not tolerate Christianity. You go to any Islamic nation, try to set up a Bible study. Oh, oh they're going to come and visit you, but not for the study, for you. And now in America, there is a very clear persecution of Christians and their beliefs. In education, job market, the latest is military. You can be prosecuted for proselyting to Christianity, and it's growing. The majority of churches in America teach replacement theology. That means that God is through with Israel, and so do the seminaries. And they say that we are the new Israel. You've never read the Bible? I'll give you just three chapters, Romans 9, 10, and 11. Blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentile comes in. Then God will deal with Israel once again. The tribulation appears to prepare Israel for her Messiah. Simple. The believers to obey the laws of the land, the authorities, until they contradict the word of God. Romans 13, 1 through 7, 1 Timothy 2, 1, 1 Peter 2, 14, or to obey. We should be the best citizens. Model. But when government tells me to contradict, not to preach Christ, then I will disobey. Listen to Acts 4.19. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. Acts 5.29. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. Now you're going to have to make a decision as we move forward in this coming year that I think is going to shock America. Whether you're going to be faithful to God or you're going to bow to the political correctness and play it safe. You will take the test. You will be the first to know whether you pass it or flunk it. The deliverance from the fiery image was a vindication of the power of God. This is God's deliverance of the three Hebrew young men from the midst of the fiery image that Nebuchadnezzar erected. The defiance towards the image was a declaration of faithfulness to God. The decree of death into the fire image was a demonstration of trust in God. And the deliverance from the fire image was a vindication of the power of God. 
man. Amazing. Pastor Xavier Reese, with encouragement to be moved by the principles and simple truths of Scripture, rather than the pressures of the world when the pressure is on. And today's study, simply titled Faithful in the Face of Death, is available on CD upon request for just $4. Plus, everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together will be included as well. So once again, the title to ask for is Faithful in the Face of Death, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com